your street focus friends. Um, it's Valerie here. And, um, the following episode was recorded just before the horrifying terror attacks on my country last Friday. And, uh, just wanted to take a moment to thank you for the amazing show of support. So many of you have sent me since then. It has really meant a lot to me. Um, as you can imagine, being far from home in moments like this is very difficult. And there is no place I would rather be at the moment than in Paris, of course. And um, the support I have received from the community at large has just been tremendous and has really warmed my heart. So thank you so much for that. Peace. Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is a new Q&A and Street Challenge episode and I'm happy to have Marius Vieth back on the show. You may remember his much-acclaimed Top 10 Street Tips episode back in August. And that was Street Focus number 47, if some of you are new to the show. So please go back and then take a listen. It was really a fun show. And so after answering a few listener questions, we will give the names of the winners of the last Street Challenge and announce a new one before giving our picks of the week. Hey, Marius, how have you been? A bit jet lag, I presume? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing great. It's awesome to be on the show, Valerie. Um, but I just came from uh, yeah Southeast Asia. I spent like five weeks there, so the jet lag is still there. But yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, great. So, so what were you doing there? Uh, well, I was on vacation for the first two and a half weeks with my girlfriend. We we've seen Thailand and Vietnam and Cambodia, and it's beautiful. To all the people listening right now, from there, uh, just love it. Uh, one of the warmest people I've ever met. Really, it's it's amazing. And yeah, for the last two and a half weeks, I pretty much just stayed in Bangkok and worked from there. And I produced two photo sets, which I'm gonna publish very very soon. And uh, it was a great time. Yeah, great. And then something pretty big happened while you were away. Exactly. Yeah. From there, I pretty much launched my. Uh, yeah, it's a re. It's a. It's a dream of mine, and I'm so excited that it finally launched. It's my. Uh, yeah, my own fine art magazine from Neo Prime. Me and Martin Dietrich. Uh, we created this magazine for the last months. We really worked hard on that, and we finally. Yeah, published it uh, ten days ago. It has 250 copies, and by now we only have 30 left. So it uh, it's almost sold out by now. So if you wanna grab a copy, head over to neoprimemag.com. And you can also apply to get featured in the next issue. And it's pretty much a beautiful coffee table magazine. So it's all about showcasing the most beautiful photography in the world right now. <laughs> awesome. So um, my copy is in the mail. So I, I hopefully I'll get it uh, in the next few days. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see it. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that. So how... So you print just a limited amount, and how often will you publish it? Uh, yeah, we just, we pretty much just just started with a magazine, and uh, because it's the first issue, and you never know how many people are interested sure. in all that, so we kept it to two hundred fifty limited copies. They're all all of a number in them, and yeah, the cool thing is like they're almost sold out. It's it's amazing. Like the feedback the, the night we launched it, like uh, I I couldn't sleep. Like I was up till four or five in the morning because the like the orders keep coming in and coming in. It was an amazing feeling and the feedback has been great so far. And we're gonna 
probably publish it every two three months, I okay. guess. So the next one will probably come out in January. So from now till I know the end of December, it's submission phase number for the issue number two. And yeah, so we're looking for people who have amazing photos. Please share them with us. Great. So I'll uh, I'll put the link on the show notes as to where they can uh, they can send their submission. And um, so how do you go about the printing? How did you? Is I mean that's. Extre extremely expensive, so I can see how you were conservative for the first uh, first number of copies. Um, do you print those in uh, in Germany? Yeah, actually, uh, well, we look worldwide for, worldwide for a great production partner, but uh, you know, Germans they love good quality. So uh, in the end, we yeah, pretty much chose a German production partner from Munich, and uh, we honestly ordered like three or four or five test prints and always improved the quality to yeah take it to the max pretty much and yeah the, the magazine is really it's it's a i don't know if you call it like high gloss magazine but it's like really premium quality the pages the colors everything uh, of the mag and the funny thing is like for the well it's 250 limited copies but since we just launched it we thought okay let's order 50 first and just see how it how we take it from there like how many people sure. are interested because if you i know print 250 right away and then it's like oh people are not that that interested in the mag then you you have 250 copies lying around there yeah. But the thing is, uh, the first 50 copies we ordered for the, yeah, pretty much first days or week or whatever, uh, got sold out after, I don't know, like uh, 60 minutes. <laughs> Good. And we're like, oh my God, damn, dude. I mean, it's amazing. We're so overwhelmed by the feedback and orders. But yeah, we sent everyone who ordered from, from that point uh, on a mail, like, please uh, bear with us. We'll, we'll send you a copy right away. We're printing it right now and uh, it'll, it'll get there soon. So it was a very interesting start. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. But that's also a big risk. I mean, that's a lot of work involved. And, uh, and, but it sounds like you were, you were, um, careful and and not uh didn't over over uh estimate so that was that's that was the smart way to do it really exactly yeah we, we did it uh we we tried slowly pretty much so like, okay let's, let's just see yeah. uh, i mean we knew the magazine is going to be good it has a great quality the photos are beautiful in there but you never know you know yeah. you launch a product and you never know how how people will like it but yeah we're so happy about uh, all the great mails uh, we've received and it's so cool to know that your own magazine that that, that that we can present photographers from all around the globe to people from yeah. all around the globe so it's going to the philippines brazil uh the states australia like almost everywhere it's yeah. amazing and it's more a magazine that you'll want to collect not i mean it's not like one of those it sounds like it's quality. That's why I can't wait to get mine. That you'll <laughs> you'll keep on your shelves, basically. Exactly. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not like um, well, there's a lot of magazines, as you guys know, like photography magazines. It's a lot about articles and like how you improve the yeah. sharpness in your photos and all that. Now, but this magazine is pretty much like a I know like a little milestone of beautiful photos we've we've found all over the globe. So yeah. it's it's really a coffee magazine. You sit, you just um, you know enjoy the beautiful photos, have it on your coffee table or in your shelf, and just show it to people and you know it's it's not something you rush through you just you know gets get inspired and just mm -hmm. enjoy the the quality of it and the beauty that, that's awesome so where where can people see more of that we can give the link right away um if people are just listening uh yeah guys just head over to neoprimemag.com like mag for magazine the short okay. version and just neoprime great mag. awesome okay well um 
We, I, I asked listeners to send in some questions and we got a lot of questions. So, uh, and some that were specifically directed uh, to you because I had announced that you'd be on the show. So I think we'll start with those. And no worries if we don't answer your question today, uh, they will be um, the topics of a conversation for an upcoming episode. But we'll start with the ones that were directly addressed to Marius. So I will start with the Q&A segment by reading the first question. And it was sent to us by Jeff Lyko. I'm not sure if that's how you say the name, at Jeff Does Things on Twitter. And he asked, Marius, how did you develop your style? That is actually a very, very cool question. I love the question. Um, I think the, the, the style, I guess he's more talking about like the way I shoot the streets and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that is coming from within in a way. I mean, back then I just took photos of everything, like photos of everything around me, like things I, I liked, like landscapes and all that. But at a certain point, I, I found my passion for street photography and in the beginning, I kind of tried to copy styles from, from other people, like the typical street photography style. You see like black and white, white angle and all that, and very vivid shots with lots of stuff going on in them. But at a certain point, I just couldn't use that style because it didn't feel like it was my style. So then I just like, okay, look, just do what you would love to see, what you think is cool. And then I basically started um, taking these minimalist reduced shots of street photography and I did it more and more and more and you pretty much develop a style by finding something you truly love from within like that you really uh, that you're really passionate about where you want to find new perspectives to show people your love about it and then you know develop your style from there and and pretty much yeah try to to, to capture that and a style is nothing you put on photos it's not like something you add later in post processing it's something you start with and then you also develop in post processing yeah you you fine fine tune it maybe in post and I, I agree the style i think people overthink it don't you think absolutely yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i mean I, it's uh people ask me that question all the time i said i i don't think about it i shoot with my heart and and um and style evolves you're Style is a combination of your life experiences and your technical skills, I think. And and with and with your experiences, your style will change. That's why no two photographer will have identical styles because we're all different individuals. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, I think people have to realize that um your deepest source of inspiration is your own eye, heart, and soul, like your your inner creative soul, your child, like that 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 inner curiosity, that how you see life, and this is your absolute unique resource of inspiration. And the funny thing is, um, I'm kind of a messy person. Like I'm, it's not like super messy, but my rooms aren't that perfectly cleaned up by my, my mom she always told me back then clean your room clean your room but I never did but the funny thing is I honestly believe that these words that my mother always told me are ended pretty much ended up in my photography so my rooms are not uh, very cleaned up but my photos are if you look, yeah. take a look at my photos they're all like very minimalist only like a few elements in there and that's it and it's like some sort of obsession of mine I love photos 
like that. It's pretty fine arty and I love it. But it's very funny that this is part of my history and I with my mom and everything and I kind of put it into my photos. So that's guys, funny. If yeah. yeah, if you're looking for your own style, guys, just I don't know, do what you love. Honestly, it sounds so cliche, but just shoot for 100% what you love, what you think is cool, what we, you would yeah. love to see in the world. And that will make you unique and people will fall in love with it because it's a different perspective on things. That's true. And not uh, not worry about what other people like so much. Um, be be uh, trust, your, trust your heart. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, um, you're, there's only one person that has to like your photos and it's yourself. You, know, mm -hmm. you have to love your photos. I mean, if you shoot photos that, I don't know, millions of people love, but you don't love them yourself. I mean, what's the point of that? There, so it's, it's your work. I mean, you're an artist yeah. and people should, I don't know, like I think photographers should consider them, themselves more as artists mm -hmm. because that, that way they, I think they pour more of their, their inner feelings and values and perceptions into their photos it, it should just be their perception of life and that makes photos so unique and that and th doing that way you get to your own style i guess yeah i mean everybody likes some validation and and and, and i course, know all yeah, that influences course. people a little bit but you're right that's a good point um if you truly consider yourself as an artist then what people think should not matter so much it's it's all about you unless of course you're a photographer working for a client and then of course you have to compromise between <laughs> their vision and your vision but we're assuming here we're talking about you know photographers who are just shooting for themselves which is for the most part what street photographers do so um and uh, and yeah just pour your heart into it and and don't and it's okay to get inspired and to emulate other people's work absolutely, that's how you're going to find your voice yeah It's absolutely fine to, to, to get inspired. And uh, I think there's nothing wrong with it. You can also, you can check out so many things online, even like the magazine we, we got out there. There's like so many inspirational photos in there and it's, it's great to look at them. And I think it's a great source of inspiration. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm convinced that, that what really makes you unique and your deepest source of inspiration is your inner vision in a way, because that's something that no one else has. And if you want to create a unique style or way of taking photos, it has to come from within. But it's still fine and cool and great to, to get inspiration elsewhere, I think. It's mm -hmm. a combination of both in a way. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, I think uh, that answered Jeff's question. I mean, there is no right or wrong answer, but that's, uh, that's uh, a really, uh, he was talking about your style. So that uh, your answer came from the heart, just like your style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get one of those t-shirts. Yeah, well, they'll be out I, soon. Are, not I, right now because I've got so much to do, but I think maybe at the end of the month or uh, beginning of December, I'll, but I'll let you guys know. Definitely. Okay, sounds good. I heart and soul, right? Yeah, exactly. That's my, uh, my motto in a way. I just, that's the way I take photos. I think it's a great, great way of seeing things. It, it is. Awesome. But question number two came from Carolina Trapp on Google+, and she's quite curious about your color post-processing technique. All right. That is also a cool question. Thank you very much for that. Um, yes, I think I'm one of the few people that really uh, do, I'm not going to say strong post-processing, like very, very, a lot of post-processing, but it's, it's, To me, it's part of the art in a way. Mm -hmm. And I just love colors. I just love colors so much. I have a very, very colorful soul in a way. I'm, I'm a very happy person and I see life in colors. And it's also cool if people see life in, in black and white and everything. It's, it, it, at the end of the day, you have to do what you love. But yeah, colors, I just love them so much. And what I can tell you is about the, the, the post-processing of, of colors. First of all, it's very funny because I'm colorblind. You <laughs> are. Know. 
Yeah, I don't know if many people know that. I think I wrote it in a few articles. Um, I'm not like completely colorblind, but I have um, a red and green weakness. So a lot of men have that. It, it's not like I can see a traffic light. I can't distinguish between red and green. That It's not that strong. Okay. But I, I can see the, the nuances, you know. So sometimes I have trouble saying whether that is, I don't know, uh, like Bordeaux red or already brown or something. Okay. But the thing is, what I, what I always say about colors is I really, I feel colors. So if I do post processing or like walk around the streets, I see colors as an element at first. So if you want to do great color post processing, you have to see color as an element at first when you take the photos. You can't just take some random photos and then make it crazy, colory, and post-processing. That doesn't work. So you have to look for strong colors and, and beautiful colors around you. And then in post-processing, you, you take these colors and maybe uh, crank it up a notch. Like make them uh, make half the image kind of bluish and the rest yellowish. I don't know. It's, it's just very interesting and a great technique to do that. If you guys use Lightroom, um, check out split toning. Uh, split toning is something that also a lot of filters use, like these uh, retro filters uh, to make it look mm -hmm. more old schooly. I don't know, but split toning pretty much uh, takes the the highlights of your photo and gives it one color, and the shadows of your photo and gives it one color. And since all of my shots are very minimalist, and you have like a like a scenery and and a big negative space and one human element, for instance, for me it's very easy to do that because that way I can just color the whole dark negative space around that subject in let's say dark blue and the light around that subject i'm gonna the highlights i'm gonna do a little orangey and that way you come up with a great style so yeah it's always a lot of fun to do it great well that's a good so you work in lightroom exclusively or do you use plugins i think she probably wants to know that um, as well i pretty much only work in lightroom that's yeah, it i think here. i don't even have one single plug and i have some filters i found online some free filters someone some I, I bought but the filters i use pretty much the presets you know you can use um i just use them as as a base in mm -hmm. a way i just like go through them and like okay that look that could look cool that i don't know like just to get some ideas pretty much and then i pretty much develop my own um yeah. style with the sliders and just dance around with the sliders and, okay so you not want to create your own preset and then apply it consistently you you kind of fine-tune every image yeah no there's no, no i've never mm -hmm. I, i mean for some sets for instance if you go to my website um uh, if you look at neo-noir it's like about noir the noir style from the 50s in a modern way and all the photos have the same style okay. because okay. that was my vision for that thing but in general i always apply different i always have to do it for every photo in a single yeah. new way yeah. okay great so do you spend a lot of time on an image um, okay. It depends. Some image, some images are ready in three minutes, pretty much. Yeah. And others, honestly, I spend one and a half hours. I create five or seven versions. I always tell people that don't do one post processing version. Do five or seven, or as much sit. as you can. Yeah. Let them sit. Let them marinate. And after a day, look at them again, and maybe do another one. But yeah, post processing is really an art for itself in a way. It's it's mm -hmm. so much you can learn there and do and and add to a photo. And it's it's a cool way of. I don't know, enhancing the experience of your photo. Great. Awesome. And one more question that came to us also via Twitter from Scott Symes at Sbug. How about things you do before shooting, as in pre-shoot rituals to get your head in the zone? Also a very cool question, as you can imagine. I know I love the question. It's really cool. Um, uh, what I do is pretty... I think it's... Um, I always say that that, that photography really comes from within you have to mm -hmm. 
uh, that's why I always um, try to combine like life lessons in a way, like staying positive and loving life and all that and combine it with photography. Because I think if you are, let's just imagine you have like, your day job and you have a lot of stress at the office and you think about all the things you have to do for the rest of your week. And then you go to your photo walk and you start it and you're pretty much your head is completely blocked. Your, your whole being is blocked with these thoughts. I don't think that it helps you. So I think it's very important once you start shooting, once you go to your photo walk, to kind of um, create some distance to all these thoughts that occupy your mind during all the week. Because photography is something you feel. So when you walk around the streets and you, you think like, while you're taking a photo, you think like, oh, damn, tomorrow I have this presentation for Johnson & Johnson or blah, 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 whatever. Um, it kind of blocks your creativity. So what you can do before you go shooting, um, and it sounds a little like meditation, everything, and I, but I think it's a great way of doing it. Before you start shooting, just stand in the middle of the shopping street or whatever. Just stand there with your camera in your hand. Don't take photos yet. Breathe in and out. Breathe in and out, see, get a feel for the thoughts around you right now, what occupies your mind, and try to push them away a little bit like clouds. I know it sounds a little esoteric, but I think it's a great thing to do. And kind of just stand there and, and look around a little bit. Try not to think too much. And it feels a little bit like being in a time lapse. Like people are walking around you and you get mm -hmm. more of a feel for how all these elements on the stage of life uh, keep appearing and popping up and going away and everything. That way it calms you down and just after five minutes or 10 minutes, then take your cam, go out there and take photos. I, I'm just trying to say that try to create, uh, to, to create this, this zone for you. Like your photo walk is your kingdom. Like nothing from the rest of your life um, should bother you there. It's your creative kingdom and you should be the king there pretty That's much. That's right. That's a good way to, to put it. Yeah. I... Um... Yeah, it, for people, it's different things. Others will have to listen to music or... Um, I do that all the time, actually. Yeah, I, I, I never, I never shoot without music. Honestly, I've, I've never done that. I couldn't do it. I always have to listen to music because to me, it's like uh, the stage of life gets a soundtrack. So if I listen to like some old jazz music, everything seems a little bit different than when I listen to electronic music, for instance. So you know, you'll it, pick, depending on the mood of the day, you'll pick a different type of music? Exactly, yeah. Sometimes okay. when it's raining, for instance, I love to listen to uh, hip-hop with jazz samples or just uh, jazz music in general or just very minimalist electronic music. And sometimes uh, I love to listen to really party music in a way and that gives a different vibe and I just walk around differently. Uh, if you love music, it will really fuel your creativity i think okay that's good that's that's say that's something i don't do but i think it, it's i think people should really try different things i i like to absorb the sound of the city and um and to me well just being out there with my camera it's and i get in the zone right away as long as i have my camera and um, and and i completely forget everything i mean it's about the only time where i don't think about anything Good happening, bad happening, it doesn't matter. Nothing really matters. And it's it's total therapy. And I feel so fortunate to have that because uh, because then it's all up to me. I can go anytime I want. Uh, if I'm having a bad day, it's only going to be a good day if I get out with my camera. So... <laughs> But I don't. I don't need. Um, like I don't need music or anything. I don't. I, I actually. I don't mind hearing uh, the sirens and all the hustle and bustle of the streets and and the smells of the streets. I love that. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, I think uh, that's such an individual thing. 
And and some people who may be in a rut or something may want to try something different. Hey, go out with music for once and uh, or go out and listen to a podcast. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think it's you should just try out different things. And I yeah. totally get why people uh, would love to shoot without music. I totally get that because you embrace everything around you get the sounds and the feel of the city in a way I, I totally get that and it can be so inspirational but people have to find that out for themselves like what works for you in a way yeah uh, and for some people for me for instance i love to completely zone out just listen to my music be in my own world and just see life as just a visual thing mm -hmm. but yeah. i think everyone has to just try all different ways of doing it and then say okay you know i tried music i tried it without it but it does it works better for me without it for yeah. instance and some people want to tackle the streets with a friend and you know if they're new at it that's often a good way to get out uh and i think that's good but but at one point you just need to split and and then regroup further down the street because you're not very productive two by no, twos no, no um, to me no it's no mm -hmm. yeah exactly As, but yeah. sometimes you need that push like when i when i work on a workshop um when we get to an area where we're going to spread out um i'll walk with a student you know uh, to get one-on-one -on -one attention at one point and then it, and then and then i let them go because i know they need that time and then i'll regroup with somebody else but uh, then they they feel the push a little bit so they they start to see things and then it kind of slowly fade away uh so that they they're on their own and i think that's really important to really focus on uh on your vision only and and stop being distracted to you know walking with someone else all the time is is not going to be very productive in street photography I think it's 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 a more of a social thing. Yeah, you know, just like walk around with a friend that gets your vision, or you love just hanging out with and you take some photos. But honestly, if I on if I want to produce something like a yeah. set, I, I have to do it alone. Sometimes I'm standing in one spot for two hours to wait for that one person that has to fill my frame. Mm -hmm. Is it, yeah, like who's gonna wait there with me? I mean, that has to be a maniac, you know. And so, I would. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind actually i'm pretty you, you know i'm not a patient person is that that's the funniest thing because you were talking about like you don't you're not super neat in your environment but you like minimalist i'm i'm the same way i i don't mind i the what i call organized clutter <laughs> because yeah, exactly, you know yeah. Yeah, there's already stacks of things on my desk and that doesn't bother me and yet i have more of a minimalist approach i don't like crowds i don't like shooting in crowds so and so same with patience i'm not a very patient person except when i teach and when i'm out shooting and waiting for the right subject to enter my frame then i have limitless patience but in general i'm not patient i'm not a patient driver you know i yes. don't like traffic i'm, I'm very, a typical french driver actually uh so it's not funny how photography can change the way you 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 are It's amazing how it's paradox in a way, you know, yeah. like if you think about it, I'm the exact opposite when I take photos than when I'm just a normal Marius dude, you know, it's, it's so weird because it's the same for me, actually, like when I'm, I'm very impatient, as yeah. people can imagine, but when I take photos, it's like, no. I'm going to wait here for two yeah. hours. It, I don't care. I want to have that photo. I'm going to go out yeah. in the rain. It, if it takes me days to get that shot or a month, I will do that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird, right? It's, I think it's determination. Yeah, I guess and maybe it, it works because you have the the intrinsic reward for it. You know, you know mm -hmm. that waiting for one and a half or two hours will get you 
that shot that you desperately want. Yeah, you know? that so, you envision and you just want to have, you have to fill that. Yeah, I guess you have to create that vision of mm -hmm. yours. And otherwise it's like, dude, I have to do it. I can't just, uh, I mean, I, I think if, if people expect like to get great street shots, like after like 30 minutes or an hour yeah. or just like standing there for two minutes, and sometimes it takes insane amounts of, of, of time to, to get something you want. Yeah. Sometimes you're lucky and it happens right away, but those are pretty rare. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's that's a that was a that's interesting. Uh, good. Well, I'm not alone then. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my 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 family always tells me. I just can't believe you can be so patient for this when you're not a patient person and. And anything yeah, I don't else. know why that works. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's so weird in a way. It's like yeah. a little distorted personality. But yeah, it's it. it I guess it. it maybe is, we just have split. Yeah, maybe there's like this creative person in us, and then yeah. the normal, very impatient, like ah, oh, come on, hurry up, or something. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> could be. Well, awesome. Well, I think uh, those were great. Three great questions, and and uh, and I'm glad we we were able to answer all three. Now it's time to announce the winners of the last challenge. And uh, if you remember, the theme was panning, panning on the street. It was probably the hardest challenge, technically hardest challenge yet. Uh, I think one of the hardest challenges we've had was probably humor in the street. Those are really tough, but uh, panning was, was technically challenging. And But we also talked on the last show that panning Again, it's not a you can have a technically perfect panning shot of a boring subject and it doesn't matter how technically perfect it is if the subject yeah, is boring it's just not going to do it. So, but you can have a less than perfect technical tech, uh, panning shot technically but an amazing mood and an amazing subject. So, so not to get too caught up in the technical aspect. But we had fewer entries than before probably because of the challenge. But there were some good ones uh, in there. Actually, I had uh, there are three or four that I really particularly liked. So, uh, and one of them was the same one you picked, Mario. So, give That's us funny, your yeah. favorite uh, favorite shot if you could give it. All a right, uh, I would, my my pick is uh, the one by Steve Morin. I hope I pronounced it right. And it's from Tokyo. He's from Tokyo. I love it. I think if you look it up in the comments, the photo, it's just uh, it's just beautiful. Can I describe it a little bit? Why I like sure, it? Sure. Yeah. Please do. All right. Yeah. If you take a look and at the photo, and it will be just... on the show notes, so they can okay, perfectly. Yeah, perfect. That sounds great. Um, I love the photo because it's. I know panning is super hard, and uh, it's super hard to get the focus like sharp, but that doesn't matter really. And this one is pretty sharp actually, but that's not what makes this photo so great. I love that the the negative space around that person, the 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 space that complements it, is so alive. It's amazing. Like there's like three things that that work so well it's the the crosswalk it, yeah. it's kind of like a leading line to the background mm -hmm. it, it takes your like it's always amazing as a viewer if you look at a photo and you kind of take that little roller coaster through the photo you're driving through the photo with your eyes and in this one you kind of go to the background and then at the same time you have uh at the bottom you have this 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 swirly thing like this the the, the gray zone there it's also so vivid and at the top you have the whole lights, flickering lights and everything. It's a little trippy, actually, but it looks really cool. And um, it's, it's black and white. And I and think white, that yeah. was probably a good choice because sometimes there could be too much distraction in a panning shot. So the background is so important. So maybe here it works so well because it's it's black and white. And then the, the, the bicyclist is wearing white pants and a black jacket. And 
it works very well, yeah. I think, because I don't know, like I haven't seen the original because if you think about it, that the lights at the top maybe are like yellow and blue and whatever, then it's kind of distracting. Mm -hmm. But this way, this way it works very well as a black and white shot because all these you just you're just focusing on the structures and the and the, the, the the black and white highlights. It's it's beautiful. It's a very yeah. nice shot. Congratulations. Great. And um, mine was uh, photographed by Laurent Gauthier, and it's a bicyclist again. I think the majority were bicyclists or people on scooters. And um, he is um, it's and he's you see him going away but because he's dressed he's, it's so french he's wearing this black you know coat and he obviously has his leather briefcase in the basket on his bike uh it's very paris and that's probably why it <laughs> resonated with me because it's really difficult to photograph people walking away or going away they have to be even more interesting if they're going away so here he really picked a good subject again i like the the crosswalk um that we see in the distance. Um, it all worked well. And it's black and white again as well. So um, there were two other shots, two runner-ups that uh, really are worth mentioning. Um, Egbert von Lach did a, a, a really good shot with a, a woman on a bicycle. And she's she seems, well, it's small, but she seems tack sharp. So technically, that was a, a really, really good shot as well. And then uh, also uh, Mark Dodge Medlin uh, did a really cool, well, it wasn't perfectly well um it it was technically not perfect because it was very blurred but that didn't really matter because it was it had such a great sense of place with the new york cab and the messenger on the bike and those two and it actually clearly says new york city cab on the yellow cab and the the bike messenger I mean, those are two new york i mean they scream it screams new york and i really like that picture because i love new york and uh and although nothing was sharp they stood out quite well because they were more they were more in focus than the rest of the scene so that's you know that's what works too your eye will go will go to whatever is most in focus and so even if everything is blurred one element will be less blurred than the other. So hopefully it's the subject, not the background. <laughs> <laughs> so so those work well. But um, Steve and Laurent will each receive an ebook from our friends at Rocky Nook. And uh, everybody else, thanks for uh, participating. Uh, several of you um, wrote that that was their first panning experience. So I'm so glad that the show was the opportunity for you to try something new. And panning is not not easy. And it's not something you want to do every day, but it's kind of a fun thing to do once in a while. It's like, oh, you know, if you especially if you're in your own city all the time and you want to go out and kind of um, crank up the challenge a little bit, go out and shoot some some panning shots. Is that something you do often, Marius? Um well, I've I have a few panning shots actually of people on motorbikes mm -hmm. and one guy jumping over the street with a suitcase. You'll find them on oh, my yes. website. That one is but, fun. Yeah. yeah, I don't do it that often actually. Um because it's it's very hard. I mean, that's not the reason why I don't do it often, but it, it actually has to the, the subject and moment has to be great. You know, yeah. like if you it's it's really hard to first of all nail it, like really have the focus spot on, and mm -hmm. at the same time find a great moment where like wow, I love it. This is a perfect panning shot. Yeah. Um, but when I see a great opportunity, I always do it, and I try to really 
you know, nail the focus and have it have it in there. And even if I don't uh, have the perfect focus, it doesn't matter because if it's a great moment, it's a great moment. Yeah. Never get caught up in technicalities like, oh, but uh, I have a lot of megapixels and this and that. And it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long yeah. as you have a great eye for things and you see the beauty in life. People will see that. It's amazing. Yeah. They really will see that even if it's not focused. That's right. Awesome. So um, next street challenge, I thought how appropriate we will do abstract in the street. So uh, and we have uh, we have Marius on the show to give us some tips. So that's even better. Um, so abstract on the street on the streets. Marius, a few tips. All right. I think abstraction is incredibly exciting to do and very, very interesting. So it it's a very, very strong version of re- reducing things, right? I mean, you're you're trying to make things less specific in a way. It's so so hard to explain abstraction, but yeah, I think abstraction is very interesting. Try to look, uh, try to walk around, and I don't know, not it, it's weird. Try to zone out a little bit. That that really helps. Like if you're on the street uh, and don't be on the street, literally on the street, just uh, avoid any cars there. But just try to pinch your eyes a little bit. And then you you don't see clear things anymore. You, you see a lot of like you see everything a little blurry. But that way, natural contrasts pop up even more. It's it's a very interesting technique I I, I kind of um, discovered in in Asia uh, when I was very tired. And that way, it helps you to to find cool elements for your photos in a very reduced way. That's true. Or use some um, natural filters like windows or rain or something. I was just having fun doing that in the car the other day. We had a big rainstorm at night. And with the city lights, you know, you use a really shallow depth of field. So you have this bouquet, but you can you can still see shapes. Um, so using using those natural filters between your, your lens and the, and the subject can be fun. Absolutely. I mean, you can you can use um, I mean reflections, mm-hmm. shadows, and everything that that you know all that, and especially like rainy shots and shooting through windows and all that. It it really helps yeah. a lot. Because yeah. I, I I took one photo. I love it. It it uh, honestly looks like a little tr- trippy shroomy, but I, I really loved it. I had to like a stay over and uh, I had to wait at the airport in Philadelphia for. 12 hours and I was almost falling asleep and was raining cats and dogs that that day and I looked outside the window and uh, I took a photo of a guy standing outside on the airfield but at the same time the the, the whole the wet windows and everything and the, the bouquet turned into these cloudy things around that person and it's so amazing like abstract photos are so interesting yeah. it's, you can do so much but you kind of have to like shift your vision to the the, the unusual you have yeah. to th- try to see things that are not so obvious. You have to get into a, a special zone, I feel, you know, to shoot Exactly, yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's a little, you have to, I don't know, let, let go a little bit. Like, yeah, try, and- to, try to see life not the way you usually see it, but in a way like that, that most people wouldn't look at it. Yeah, and look at a lot of paintings, uh, you know, for inspiration. I mean, it's so much, uh, so much beauty and so much inspiration in, in, uh, in paintings that would uh, help your abstract uh, vision in in photography, I think. But yeah, just just experiment, really. That's the best way to put it. Experiment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, taking abstract photos is definitely the... I would say like you're going to experiment the most in all photography fields pretty much because you have to try to... It's more about 
feeling mm-hmm. what you're seeing. It's, yeah. I mean, it's always about feeling, but in abstract photography, it's really about feeling. Yeah, it's like, totally. I mean, usually you look like in street photography, oh, cool, there is a nice subject, and okay, that background looks nice, poof, that's yeah. your shot, pretty much. But in abstract photography, it's more like, the, the general vibe of your photo, like the, the what you feel, it's it's you can't really describe um, the exact subjects and everything. It's more like about the general vibe of it. If you go to my website and you click on the photos and you check out Broken, the Broken set of the red light district in Amsterdam I took, it's very very different than my regular style. But my lens kind of um, broke one day; it, it fell to the ground, and I was like, "Okay, let's turn this into a great opportunity." Right, and I yeah. took photos with that broken lens, and they're all very abstract, trippy. You can get a lot of inspiration there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and and do do abstract in camera. I mean, yeah, there's so much you can do in post-processing, but I think, you know, it's not the same. I think, first of all, you know, you'll feel so much better if you get, if you can get it in camera, you know, just experiment with what your lens can do. Um, And, um, and, and then don't, don't rely on the post-processing so much. Um, I mean, even use a lens baby composer if you have one. Uh, I think it's a lot more fun to do it with a lens than it is to do it in Lightroom or Photoshop. Don't you agree? Definitely. I mean, you can. Uh, um, what you can do is once you got that shot, and you, I mean, it's always like that. You have to do like 90 percent of the work you have to do in the camera. I mean, your yeah. post processing. If you're really good at it, it will add to the experience. It will make your photo even more amazing. You can develop it to a professional level. But at the end of the day, I mean, you still have to take the photo with your cam. You're not a Photoshop artist, so you have to. Um, do that in the camera you're absolutely right about that and a little tip from my side um, play with a focus it really helps like just uh, go on the the, just um, try the manual focus or just focus on things you wouldn't focus usually you know just uh, just try experiment be uh, I don't know like just let go let go of all your typical photography rules and just let go and feel the moment and just Try to be like an artist artist. You yeah. know, it, it always helps to think like an artist in photography. But this time, you know what? You're the little Picasso there. Just <laughs> go out there and just let it flow. You know, be yeah. the artist, have the scarf around you. And it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to create something amazing today. And it, <laughs> with it a French just, accent. <laughs> yeah, with a French accent. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that really helps. Just let yeah. go. And it's okay. Just experiment and you'll you'll create some amazing results. I'm pretty sure just believe in it and, and be okay with yeah. just forgetting about all the pixels and technicalities of it. That's for sure. And actually, um, when I do abstract, it's usually the, one of the rare times on the street that I'm in full manual. Yeah, it um, helps a lot. Yeah, it, yeah it, it for does. sure. Awesome. So the deadline is December 10 to enter your photo. In the show notes for episode 61, this episode, so December 10th, and we'll have special prizes for this. And actually, I'm going to have Marius pick the winners for the next one. No, I'll pick one and he'll pick one because he is going to donate a couple of his short, uh, limited, um, oh, how do you say that? Limited... Go ahead. (laughs) I lost the word. Let me just... Limited uh, edition. Uh, Yeah, I mean... um, if you, I mean, the magazines will probably be sold out in a bit. So if you still want to get your magazine, head over to the website. It's in the, and the links are on the on the page. But we'll just take. There's going to be two winners, right? Yes. 
So since Martin and I, we love um, cool abstract photography, and I think it's a cool price for that challenge. So we're going to um, offer two of our limited um, prints, magazines, pretty much as a price. So even if it's already sold out, then we'll still reserve two copies for the two people who win that challenge. And I think it's a cool price. Great. So hold on to them until December 10th. And at I that will, time, we'll announce the winners and... Uh, and they will get a print copy of the of the magazine. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Now, last but not least, what is your pick of the week? All right. Um, it's not uh, a photographer who, who posted that article, but I think it's very, very relevant to photographers. It's um, Mark Manson. Uh, he's a writer from the States. And the article is called Screw Finding Your Passion. Yeah, I think it sounds <laughs> like when you read the title, it's like, oh, dude, I have to click it. It sounds so, uh, yeah, so, so catchy in a way. It'll click baity. But um, it's a great read. Just Google it. Screw Finding Your Passion by Mark Manson. It's a great article and it's pretty much... I know everyone always says, like, you have to find your passion. Yeah, you, you have to find your passion. It, it, it is your guarantee of happiness in life. If you find something you love and you can pursue that every day, it will make you so happy. But what that article says, and I think that's so brilliant about it, is that sometimes, or some people, you don't even have to find your passion. You probably already found it. It's probably already in your life. I mean, if it's about, like, for instance, you love photography and you've always been doing that, and... Uh, maybe you should just shift your priorities and be like, okay, I always love photography. I really should um, explore that more or make it my profession or something. So sometimes you just don't have to find it and go look for it now. Maybe it's already in your life and you've been doing that for years. Just take a look at what you've been doing for the last years, what you always love doing, and then you already got it. Yeah, for sure. That's great. I'm going to check out um, this this article as soon as uh, we stop recording because that sounds very intriguing. And that <laughs> yeah, what, a, ca- what a catchy title too. But yeah, I'll, I'll also link it uh, in the show notes for this episode. Oh, cool. That sounds great. Yeah. And my pick is um, a book by Jay Maisel. It's not about the F-stop. Again, it's all about the creative process. And it's a beautiful book by, um, was published with new writers, Voices That Matter. And um, it's kind of spendy. It's $49.99, but I saw it on Amazon for $30. And it's also available in an ebook, but I, th- I believe those books are books you need to hold in your hands. And it's, it's beautiful. It's similar to his other recent book. Um, you have a, a photograph on one side and then the creative process on and you know and the on the opposite page so um so they're big pictures and uh it's a beautiful book it's quite it's an inspiration again it's about creative creativity vision and not about the technical aspect of photography oh, sounds great, which is great. always very refreshing <laughs> and of course Absolutely, it's jay yeah. mazel so you can't go wrong it's awesome <laughs> and if you familiar with jay mazel and if you've watched some of his videos and so forth when you read the book you hear his new yorker voice and i just love that so i feel like when i'm reading it i almost hear i it's like he's reading it to me and i think that's extra special so awesome so marius any uh, last minute announcements you want to share with us besides the Um, besides the magazine (laughs) well i know guys love life um love light love yourself uh 
do what you love. I don't know. It's like, I always say that, but um, yeah, maybe, maybe I could just say it one more time that we're really looking for you right now. So we're just trying to find people for issue number two, great photographers. So please submit your photos. It's a great chance for you to get like a worldwide publication in that magazine. We're selling worldwide. So I think that's a great opportunity, but yeah, last minute announcement. I don't know. I don't just be any... happy with, with what you have. And, <laughs> it's always um, a good one. Any, anything, uh, any trips coming up? for you um well I'm, I'm heading over to amsterdam in a few days and then miami for a month nice and then i'm gonna be back in amsterdam germany like for new year's and yeah but there's uh, next year there's gonna be a lot of trips i'm really looking forward to it good so so you live in amsterdam but your family is in germany so you yeah cannot... exactly my i was born and raised in a tiny village in germany like the people who checked out my youtube channel uh there's a few videos from there it's a very very let's say very northern german place very i'm not gonna say sad but yeah northern germany is a little more melancholic in a way uh -huh. um but yeah i've been i'm based in amsterdam and my girlfriend she lives in miami so i'm always in, Am in miami a lot and i love the states i just love the people from there and yeah it's always cool to be there cool well we'll have to uh, catch you one of these days either in europe or in uh, yeah, in the great. states awesome and uh for me nothing really new except that all the workshops for 2016 are almost full but there are a couple spots left to grab for a weekend of street photography in paris in january and that's really an awesome weekend i really love paris in january because it's so authentic there are very few tourists and it's probably the only weekend workshop i'll be doing in paris all the other ones are the week longs and they've been booked for a while and a couple spots for rome in april that's a week in rome and i'm about to announce a weekend in vancouver canada for august so uh please go to my website to sign up to the newsletter to be notified first because if new york and san francisco were any indication of how quickly vancouver could sell um they sold out in just a few hours so um vancouver canada most likely in August, uh, that will be determined probably before this episode airs, actually. So hurry up and uh, go uh, sign up to the newsletter at valeriejardinphotography.com. And I hope to meet many new Street Focus listeners in, in 2016. So thank you, Marius, for joining me today. Again, this was fun. And and just Loved as it. you very cool. jumped off the plane from, <laughs> from your big trip. So I really yeah. appreciate uh, you being able to, to do this. Oh, of course. I'm always happy to be on the show. Really. So where can people see more of your work? Um, just head over to marysvieth.com. Uh, you can see all my, my, my photos and my articles that I write and everything. And you get a lot of insights and all my award-winning secrets. Just head over to the website. There's also a link to the, the Mac and everything. And yeah, I'm so happy uh, and, to have uh, you guys on the journey. Yeah, and, uh, and you're on social media, but everything is linked there, Yeah, of right? course. It's all on the website. You can find all the 10 social channels there. <laughs> awesome. Great. Thank you. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and upload your image for the next street challenge, Abstracts in the Streets, and entries will close on December 10th. And if you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to add a rating on iTunes and a comment if you have a few seconds to do so, because that really helps us increase visibility. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab your camera and hit the streets. Hit the streets.